G'day sports fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast coming at you on a Monday evening, hope you had a banging weekend, plenty of sports stuff going on in the world, we had the F1, uh, a lot of people would have stayed up on Sunday night to tune into that, there was another round of fantasy footy obviously that most coaches were hanging out for, the middle buy round is in the book so I'll unpack my fantasy team and a couple of other things AFL orientated and obviously the NBA finals are still going on there's four games in the books and we have ourselves a hell of a series so let's dive into today's episode first order of business I want to talk about the Queen's birthday match between the D's and Pies because there was a point during the day when I was at work and I looked at my phone and saw that Melbourne were comfortably a couple of goals ahead. And then I checked back and Collingwood had stormed to take the lead. And they won the four points at the MCG on Monday evening. And it was a pretty big win for the Pies. They've got four dubs on the trot now against some pretty impressive teams as well. They beat Hawthorne in there, but they've also knocked off three of the current top four in Carlton, Fremantle, and obviously Melbourne most recently. So the Pies are up and about. They're emerging as a serious finals contender in 2022. But you got to spare a thought for Jake Bowie, the poor bastard. He's lost three games in a row for the first time in his career. Obviously, started his career with a 17-game winning streak. So we don't have to uh, cry too much for poor Bowie. But the Ds, I don't know if they're in trouble or not. There's some weird off-season, uh, off-field stuff going on with them. There's a couple of rumours some of which I don't believe regarding Simon Goodwin and a lot of other shit that's going on with their footy club, but they've lost three in the trot and seem a little bit discombobulated, which is not what you want to be in the middle of the year when you're trying to defend your title as the best team in the AFL. It would obviously be worse if they were hitting this streak of L's at the end of the season. And there's plenty of time for them to rectify things. I don't think that we need to look into this too much, but, if we do see uh, more off-field dramas start to circulate, a couple of injuries take their hit, we might look back at this little middle portion of the season as a bit of a turning point for the Ds. Coming out of their bye, because they've got the weekend off, they don't play in round 14, but in round 15, they've got a pretty juicy matchup against Brisbane. And if they come out looking a bit uninspired and a bit lacking, like I said, this could spell doom for the Demons. Time to pump the brakes being around 13, but it's worth noting that they're clearly not flying the way that they were earlier in the year, and they're not looking like the runaway premiership favourites that everyone thought they were. Topic number two, I want to talk about Ryan Rupert. Uh, May or may not have butchered the pronunciation. I'm pretty sure I got it. He is a Frenchman, if you couldn't tell, and he's coming to the NBL. He signed a deal with the Breakers to be part of their next star program. He's projected to be the 23rd pick in the 2023 NBA draft. And it's another coup for the NBL. We've seen a couple of big names, the likes of Lamelo, uh, Josh Giddy. We saw RJ Hampton sign with the Breakers as well. Most recently, I'm pretty sure his name's Osman Jiang. Again, pronunciation might not be my strong suit. He's projected to go around the middle of the first round in the upcoming NBA draft. There's a lot of talented basketballers that are coming to play in the NBL, which like I said, is a great thing for the league. This Rupert bloke from France does project as a bit of a three and D wing. He kind of reminds me a bit of Mikhail Bridges from the few highlights that I've watched of him playing in France. So 
another exciting get. Hopefully when he arrives in New Zealand, we'll be able to see a lot of his talents on display. There might be a couple of other dudes that follow as well. Like I said, there's blokes in the past who have come to the NBL to boost their draft stock, get a season under their belt playing against professional athletes. So I don't think he'll be the only bloke that joins the NBL under this program. And it's a great thing for the league to have another up and coming potential NBA stud in the business. The third thing I want to discuss, obviously over the weekend, game four of the NBA finals was played. And as I'm sure every basketball fan is aware, Steph Curry went off. The man had 43 points in what I think was the best game of his finals career. You could argue if he's had better playoff games, but with their backs against the wall, down 2-1, I thought Boston was going to win this game, to be honest. They kind of choked it away and made some questionable shots down the stretch, but JLo and I will unpack more of that on Wednesday's podcast. This is all Steph Curry praise. He scored 24 points in the second half. He was hitting his quintessential step-back threes. The one that he hit where Gary Payton kind of fed him in the corner nearly got me physically out of my seat, and he single-handedly helped Golden State win that game. Andrew Wiggins was another huge factor with his double-double 15 rebounds or 16 rebounds, and he's probably been Golden State's second-best player. But I tell you what, without Steph Curry playing the way he is, Golden State wouldn't still be in this series. Things shift back to Golden State now. Game five is going to be played tomorrow morning. I'll be eagerly watching that as well. But without a Steph Curry explosion, the Warriors probably wouldn't be in this position. So shout out to Steph Curry. He's still chasing that elusive finals MVP, obviously in the chips that they've won in the past. We've seen his teammates like Iggy and Kevin Durant win the award. And I don't... I don't even know if he really gives a shit about winning finals MVP, but all the bloggers and the blokes like me out there who count the resumes and look at people's statistics and compare who is the sixth best player of all time compared to the 12th best player, adding a finals MVP on your resume does matter. So I originally said that the Bucks were going to win uh, the Bucks, that the Warriors were going to win in seven. Then I shifted and said that the Celtics were probably going to win in six, but That's the way this series is working. There's lots of swings and momentum changes. And I think I'm going to go back to the Warriors in seven. And I I hope for his sake that Steph Curry does win the MVP and wins another chip because the way that Draymond and Clay look, I don't know if we're going to see this Dub Nation team go on another serious surge to the finals. The way Curry's playing, he could prove me wrong and be right back here again next year. But dude's 34 now. He probably doesn't have too many more of these runs left in him. Clay has had his up and down moments shooting the rock. Draymond similarly on a defensive end, but he's been awful on offense. We saw Steve Kerr drag him out at times as well. So I kind of am leaning towards cheering for the Warriors now. I wouldn't really care either way. Boston's a team that I kind of like and support in some capacity. But yeah, shout out to Steph Curry. That dude is a bad man. Sticking with basketball, the fourth item on the agenda is the Charlotte Hornets and their hire of Kenny Atkinson, which I think may be the best coaching hire of the offseason. We've seen guys like Darvin Ham and a couple of others sign coaching deals, but Kenny Atkinson, who has a wealth of knowledge, he's been an assistant and college ranks for decades. He obviously was a head coach for four years with the Brooklyn Nets before, back when Spencer Dinwiddie and Jared Allen and D'Angelo Russell, those type of dudes, wearing Brooklyn colors. I think he's a real culture builder for lack of a better phrase. And I think he's going to take those talents and those leadership qualities and 
galvanized that Charlotte Hornets group. They finished 10th with a 43 and 39 record, made the play in bubble last season. And they're approaching an interesting off season as well as a franchise. They've got the Miles Bridges potential extension. How much are they willing to pay him and how much is he going to ask for? Could he be used as part of a sign and trade? Maybe we see them chase a big name, maybe in the middle, someone like a Rudy Gobert or potentially even a DeAndre Ayton, if he's available, package Bridges and a PJ Washington, maybe a pick or something to try and land a big fish. But regardless of what tweaks they make to this roster, I think that getting Kenny Atkinson is going to be a great, great coup for the Charlotte Hornets. He's had a couple of assistant stints since his Brooklyn days under T. Lou and most recently with the Warriors. So he is going to provide them with, hopefully, a stable head coach. They've gone through a couple in the last few years, but I'm very excited and I think Hornets fans should be as well at the hire of Kenny Atkinson. The fifth and final item of business on the agenda is I somewhat reluctantly have to talk about AFL fantasy. The large fries and coke this week only posted a 1646 from 18 players, which isn't exactly uh, what I had planned going into the buy rounds, but Fuck me, there were some brutal, brutal performances on the weekend. We saw Mitch Owens, who was the most traded in player. He only scored 11 points before he got KO'd. I had in that game, Dane Zorko as well, who looked like he was going to put up his first great score, only to get subbed out with a hammy issue on 67. Max Gorn scored a 67 and struggled as well. Tom Mitchell, who I traded Nick Dacos for a couple of weeks ago, cost me a couple of hundred K and obviously about 70 to 80 points in two weeks. So shit hit the fan this weekend. It wasn't great, but Andy Brayshaw as my vice captain meant that things were okay. Going into this week, I wasn't sure how many green dots I was going to have. I did the Braden Pruce to Josh Kelly move and he got Kane turned and held under a hundred. So it wasn't a fantastic scoring performance from the large fries and Coke, but I'm looking up this week. I'm, or now that the weekend is behind me, I'm positive going into round 14. There's a couple of middling players that I would love to see the back of the likes of Zach Butters. He's another shit performer who only had 55 did get a bit banged up late, but his poor score wasn't a contributing factor to or his injury. Wasn't a contributing factor to his poor score, I should say. So he could be on the chopping block. I don't know how I'm going to handle this Dane Zorko situation. I don't really have the cash to, get up to Doherty or Stewart or something. I'm pretty sure I'm going to lock in one of my moves as Tom Mitchell up to Tuke Miller, mainly because I just love watching Tuke Miller. And I think he's going to be a great fantasy player in that midfield of mine, but yeah, Tom Mitchell, he's had a couple of good games. So maybe I hold him through his buy. It's very, very interesting times to see what's going to happen at the large fries and Coke with my trades, Mitch Duncan, Cam Guthrie, a couple of other cats coming off the buy their potential trade targets as well. And like a lot of coaches, I've got Max Gorn and Darcy Cameron in my ruck spot. So I currently don't have a ruckman for round uh, 14, which is not ideal for those playing along at home. I'll probably, if a young rookie gets named, and there's a few who could be in the mix, I'll probably chase one of them. Elijah Hollands is a name that we've been talking out for months now. And Wayne Campbell, the CEO of the Suns, pretty sure his name's Wayne Campbell. Yeah, I'm going with it anyway. He did make an announcement saying that he thinks Hollands is building towards a debut as they hit their buy round. So maybe we see a surprise announcement and he gets in. Uh, Massimo D'Ambrosio, which arguably uh, the greatest name out there in the AFL. He tore it up 
for Essendon's VFL side. So he could come straight in as a 190K defender. Bring Tickle. I traded him for Sam Hayes last week. Doesn't seem like Port Adelaide's going to bring him straight in, but he's a sniff to play in the AFL soon. So I hope one of those blokes just bobs up as a 190K trade target that we have a bit of faith in. Because if I can pull that move off, then maybe I'll have a little bit of extra cash to chase uh, Zorko to Sam Doherty or Tom Stewart. I don't think that's the route I'll go down, though. I'll probably be a bit boring and shuffle three blokes on the buy for three blokes coming off their buy and then hopefully keep a little bit of cash in the reserves so that I have some money to play with rolling it around 15. I was trying to get rid of all rookies on my field, but after the carnage that's unfolded and a couple of other injuries, I might even reverse. I originally did uh, Lockie Whitfield out and Dane Zorko in about three or four weeks ago. I might flip that and get Whitfield back into my side. Yeah, I don't really know. It's a tricky time and a tricky set of three trades coming up, but hopefully I can utilize them to the best of my ability to vault me back up the rankings. I'm sitting at about 2,200, so not awful, but I was inside the top 1,500 when I hit the buy rounds, and things have not gone according to plan for the large fries and coke. And that is another quick bite-sized sportsby pod in the books. Like I alluded to earlier, JLo and I will be back late on Wednesday to record our weekly hour-long episode. Some interesting topics on the agenda for that one, including another fantastic Mount Rushmore count. My rookie fantasy guide will be up on the Dream Team Talk site on Wednesday as well, looking at some of the aforementioned dudes and talking about what you might want to do if you've got Jason Horn Francis or some of those other topped-out rookies. Don't get rid of Nick Dacos. That's all I got for this episode. Thank you for tuning in and I'll catch you next time.